Find your Bibles. Find the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Acts, please. I want to start there. We're going to be in a lot of scripture today. If it's okay with you, I'd love to talk about the resurrection. Um, it is a... Um, It's the exclamation point on the end of our faith conversations. It, it, it's, it's the conversation over. And I want to talk today, and we're going to move into a time of baptizing people. And I, you know I just, listen. I'm that weird preacher that loves baby dedications, weddings, and baptisms. They're not an inconvenience to me. That's why we're here. <laughs> and I want to talk today about one word that jumps out in Acts chapter 26. And I know I've shared it many times, but I, I read the Bible in a weird, you know, kind of comic book cartoon kind of way. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the story. And this word kept jumping out to me. And, and I know there's other uh, translations of the word, but th this is the one. I'm going to re be reading out of the New King James today. Um, I've, I've brought this <clears throat> verse up before in, in other contexts. But, but today, I, I, just, I just want you to I want you to, as best you can, because I can't. So as best you can, wrap your mind around how incredible the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. Because it's the foundation of why we can stand here and declare what we declare. Because there's a, there's a lot of other faith systems. There's a lot of other religious systems, yes? But there's only one where the one that came declaring he was the way rose from the dead. Let me get right to it because I got a lot to say today. Acts 26, starting in verse 6. Your Bible says, and my Bible says this. <clears throat> and now I stand and am judged. Paul, Paul let, me, let me set this. You know I can't ever read a verse without stopping. Sorry. But Paul, Paul, Paul let me set the context because it sounds like we just like entered into like a, <laughs> something that was already happening and we kind of are. But Paul's standing in front of some officials, one of them, uh, and I'm about to date myself, so those of you younger than me, you ain't going to know what I'm talking about. One of them's named Festus, which is just awesome, because I grew up watching Gunsmoke with my mother. Somebody amen that, which is awesome. I know my crowd. And so he's sitting here, and he's like, just he's just talking about his faith, he's He's, he's kind of being a little hard at times, but he's also just talking about him, okay, Jesus. 
Verse 6, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, promise our 12 tribes earnestly serving God night and day hope to attain. For this hope's sakes, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Okay, here's the word. Why should it be thought? Say it again. Here's what it didn't say. It didn't say impossible. That's important. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? He threw it back to their ancestors, their forefathers, those that came before him. And he's like, if, if you say you know God, why is this a big deal? That Jesus rose from the dead. Why is that even a thing for you? Why, why is that even, why are we even talking about this? Because he's either God or he's not. And I suggest today, he's either God or he's not. And, and if he's not, then live 100 miles an hour in the life you want to live. No, I'm, 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 and I'm not, that's not me being a, a punk. I'm being serious. If, if he's not it's to you, then do whatever you want to do, but live life to the fullest as in your mind. However, if he is, why are we not all in? And I'm not accusing you that you aren't. That sounded so condescending. I'm sorry. Why would we not be all in? Because why would it be incredible that God would raise... Why is it incredible that God saved me? Oh, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Why is it incredible that God saved <laughs> John? John raises his hand. Listen, right? Come on, man. I'm, 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 yeah, seriously. So I want you to think about this word incredible. I, I want to drop down a few verses in Acts 26, if that's okay, and go to verse 24. I'm going to read 24 through 29, your Bible says, Now as he thus made his defense, Festus, I can't say it without a smile. Festus made his defense. Festus said with a loud voice, and you're going to get this sometimes too, FYI. Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning has made you mad. Um, the JSBV of this verse means... You done lost your dang mind, bro. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you, you just, you done messed it up, man. You're, you're so into this Jesus thing that you don't even know what's real and what ain't real anymore. Guilty. <laughs> I couldn't be happier about it. Much learning drives you mad. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus. I just love that he shows way more respect than I do sometimes. But speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention. Since the thing that was not done in a corner. In other words, Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead and nobody knew it. It wasn't done in secret. He talked about it from the time he hit this planet. Once he was able to talk, he, 
He kept telling his disciples, three times it's recorded. I got to guess it was probably more because they were like me in a little dense. So he probably told them more. We have it recorded in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of at least three times when he said, guys, guys, look at me, look at me. I got to go into Jerusalem. I got to be tortured. I got to be crucified. I got to die, but I'm going to raise again. We got this. Oh, we got this, Jesus. And then, and, and sure enough, it was, it was like, it was like, why are we going here again? We're going here because I got some things I got to do. <laughs> and it was just this cycle. You know I'm right, right? I mean, that, it's, I'm not right. I mean, that's what the Bible said. They just were like, boop, boop. So he says it's not done in secret. Verse 27, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Pause. Paul was a genius. Paul was a a lawyer at heart. And when Paul laid his facts out, he he laid his facts out that could not be argued with. Who's going to say, no, I don't believe the prophets? He said, King Agrippa, Do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. And then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost. There's some of us under the sound of my voice right now that almost are persuaded to go all in. There's some under the sound of my voice that are almost persuaded to say yes to Jesus. I guess, I guess my question would be, what else does he have to do? And I, and I know we all have situations in our life. I've got mine that I'm still fasting and praying over some. And honestly, I'm kind of waiting on what God's waiting on. Um, but what else does he have to do? If you're here and you're almost persuaded... Listen, all I can say to you is that God's not mad at you. He's he's not angry with you. He's waiting on you to just come and say yes. And then go all in. I, I did a series one time back in like 2002 and I called it going all in and the graphic that I had made was a poker table with a bunch of chips if you knew how much flack I got from that but I'm that guy so I'm asking you all know what that means so let's go all in no I mean like because I listen I'm holding the hand that wins Am I right, Bob? I'm holding the hand that wins. The hand that wins is Jesus Christ came. He died. He was buried. And three days later, he rose again. I'm holding the hand that wins. So I'm going all in. And quite frankly, I don't care about whatever else is anybody's holding. I just don't care. I'm almost persuaded, he says. I love this. Verse 29, and Paul said, well, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost And altogether, such as I am, well, minus minus the chains, minus the chains. 
See, the chains aren't out of the question, but he was trying to be sensitive. And Paul wasn't the most sensitive communicator in the scriptures. Paul, he's in Caesarea and he's presenting his case for Christianity. He's presenting his case for his faith. And he, he's talking to King Agrippa. He's talking to the governor. His name was Festus. <laughs> and and in, this, in this discourse, he asks a pertinent question, I believe. He, verse 8 said, why do you think it's so incredible that God raises people from the dead? Why is it so incredible to you? Because you, you don't think it's impossible. Why is it so incredible? Why is that out of the realm of possibility? I, mean, I know on, a, on an earthly plane, I know why it's incredible. I, I, I know in my, in my flesh why it's hard to believe. But again, is he God or isn't he? Why is it so incredible? And this is when he got accused of being crazy. But I want you to notice he didn't say it was impossible he said it's hard to believe sometimes. And can I just validate that right now? I get it. I 100% get it. That's why it's called faith. Because it doesn't make sense. There's a place in Seattle called the Old Curiosity Shop. Don't Google it now, but you can Google it later. They've got a pen with the Lord's Prayer written on the head of it. Okay, that's not impossible, but that's incredible. The Guinness Book of Records, there's a four-year-old boy who spoke four languages. I mean, I don't do well with English, John. Um, he speaks Korean, Japanese, Chinese, and English. That's not impossible, but can we say... <laughs> uh, there's this woman I won't even try to say her name she's in Russia right now and she gave birth to 69 children <laughs> somebody said that's impossible <laughs> I mean <laughs> you got me Chris it's like okay is it I don't know I mean Listen, I, I was only in the room for, I think, one of mine. But. There was a healthy baby born in Turkey at 24 pounds. That's painfully incredible. Am I right, John? That's painfully incredible. I mean, it's not impossible, apparently, because, well, I mean, it's documented. I mean, I wasn't there, but mm, that's terrifying, quite frankly. Listen, there's many things in life that are absolutely incredible, but we, well, listen, when your life is built around Jesus Christ, you have to lean into what Jesus said that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. There's many things that can seem impossible, but really, if we just dial it back a little bit, calm down and look at it, it's really more incredible than impossible. That's what I want to talk about today. Paul stood before Agrippa and his little committee. And he said, why is it so incredible that you think Jesus rose from the dead, that God couldn't raise someone from the dead? Why is it so incredible that the God of the universe, the God that named the stars, the God that 
Listen, we haven't even tapped into the depth of our universe. Why couldn't this God do exactly that? Why couldn't God raise his son from the dead? The the God that the book of Psalms says he rests his feet on earth. That's how big he is. That's how great he is. Why couldn't he do it? Who, 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 Who set the moons and the planets even though we might decide as mere humans which planets are even planets. But God still did what he did. Amen. He created life. So why is it so incredible to you that God couldn't do what I'm talking about? And on this first Easter morning that we're going to read about, some women came to the tomb first. Pause. Ladies, thank you for being spiritual leaders in our churches. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, and I don't know. They might fire me tomorrow. I don't know. But I'm saying thank you for being spiritual leaders. Because the women believed. No, see, no, wait. No, the women believed. The women were first to show up. Oh, they had some questions. Who wouldn't? Because it's incredible. But, 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 but they kind of led the charge on this first Easter morning. So they show up and, I mean, we could read the story. You, you can read it on your own. It's in John 20, the, the one I was actually, I got all the verses, but... Uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to move on. But the, the, tomb, the tomb was open, and naturally they were amazed, and they were upset because they wondered what happened. And then they, they get there, and they look inside, and there's, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm paraphrasing John 20, but he's, they get there, and there's these two angels and your Bible says, I don't know, again, I don't know how you read the Bible. Your Bible says, they're just sitting there. I mean, they're literally chilling. I mean, they're just kicked back. And they show up and they're dressed in white. No one's freaked out at this. No, see, see we, we got we to gotta put ourselves in this story. I don't know about you, but if I go anywhere today, and there's these two angel guys just hanging out at wherever I'm going. And they're just kicking. They're just like, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm probably not going to engage with them. But these women, they did. So These two angels, they're hanging out because, well, that's incredible. And they tell these ladies, Jesus isn't here. Um, he's been raised from the dead by the power of Almighty God. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> listen, listen, we, we can't just blow by this. I, that, it drives me crazy that, n- not you, present company excluded, but it drives me crazy when the church talks about stuff that is mind-blowing and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. If we were there, 
I'd be pushing back on this. Right? But then as we thought it through, I'm hoping that we all would come to the conclusion that it's not impossible. It's just incredible. So it's okay that you're like, "Mm, okay. It's okay. God ain't mad at us because we sort it out in our mind. God's not mad at us that we believe it in faith, even though, honestly, none of us can describe salvation experience. Oh, yeah, well, I accepted Jesus into my heart. Wait, what? So your heart, Jesus, shrinked himself down to this itty bitty, and now he's in your... It's incredible. And I never want us as a church to lose the awe of a story I've heard for 60 years. It's incredible. Jesus raised, God raised him from the dead, and it was a new situation. It was a new something they had to encounter. It was a new experience, and they honestly didn't know how to react. And at first, they didn't tell anybody, but then they ran and told the other disciples. And in the account in Luke 24, verse 11, the disciples' response was this. <laughs> and their words seemed to be like idle tells. And they did not believe them. Can I tell you? I get that. Because that's incredible. So when the ladies came back and was telling the disciples, like, you ain't going to believe this. But, like, we talked to two angel guys. They were dressed in white. And we had to put our sunglasses on because they were like, woo. And, and so they told us that God rose Jesus from the dead, and we didn't know what to say back to them, so we just kind of rolled out. But I'm telling you, the tomb is empty, and the stuff's been folded up. And they responded, recorded by the Gospel of Luke, that it seemed like idle tells. That it was like, now you're crazy. Now you're crazy. So they ran to the tomb to see for themselves. And you know the story. It was, it was so awesome. I, I love, I, again, when I read that account of them running, to the, them running to the tomb and like they're trying to outrun each other and then they get there and he's like, I'm not going in. You going in? I don't know. I, I guess I'll go in because I'm presumptuous and I, nobody believes anything I say anyway. So he runs on in and John's like, is it good? We good? We good? Good, good. Because it was empty. The, the creative pastor got the joke in that. So it's, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're good, good. Come, come, come on in. It, it was, it's an interesting dynamic to me that they decided we're just going to run in. And we're going to see for ourselves, which I want us to see for ourselves. See, a lot of religious teachers and a lot of religious leaders have had a cause. Amen, Jeff. Thank you. Um, a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of religious leaders and religious teachers have gained a following. Thank you. Tom, Tom's always got my back. Many have died for their cause. Yes? Oh, but, 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 but see, there's a, there's a difference in our faith system. The d- dramatic difference and the only difference that makes a difference between every other religious leader and our King Jesus Christ is despite the others that represent God, they said they represented God, or some said they were even God. Some said they were Jesus. They're dead. 
No, I mean like dead. You can go to their place of burial. If they even existed to begin with, you can go to where they're buried. Graves are occupied. Oh, but listen, Jesus. Jesus is alive. His grave is empty. We have, we have a story to tell. We have a story to tell that I think the church has got too quiet about. We're afraid it's too weird. No, it ain't weird. It's incredible. It's incredible, but it's not impossible because if we believe that God is who he says he is, then we need to tell the story that a Jesus came to this earth and he put on a man suit and he lived among us and they killed him and they put him in a hole in the ground and the stone rolled away and he rose again because he's alive. He's alive. Kidding me right now? I don't have another message. What am I going to tell you? Uh, I, I, I told the band this morning. I think I told Tom. I'm like, dude, I played three chords today. I didn't do anything. I played three chords. I don't have nothing to tell you about what I do here. Although I love it. Please don't misunderstand. I love it. I do it every day. But, but I ain't gonna, that does nothing. Oh, oh, but there's an incredible story. About an incredible Savior that paid for your sin and paid for my sin and my testimony. It might not be your testimony. I've never been addicted. I've never been addicted to drugs. I, I, I've never been in, uh, on, on alcohol. I've never been on any of that. But I was still lost. So, so we're not here to talk about who's worse. We're talking about who's best. And his name is Jesus. And he died. And he rose again. Because I need him and you need him. End of story. And I guess what I would like, like to ask you if you're almost persuaded is how's it working for you? And, I, and I'm not being condescending. I'm not being a jerk about it. How's it working? Because you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be in the same situation. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm in the same situations I'm in right now. Oh, but there's a difference. There's a difference. I get up in the middle of the night and I hit my knees. And I cry out to the only one that can do anything about anything I'm involved in. His name is Jesus. That's incredible. Can you feel the awe of the access to the God of the universe? Because that tomb is empty. I, I don't even, I don't, I don't even have the vocabulary to even say how that makes me feel. Without the resurrection, Christianity would have been stillborn. No, no, listen. It would have died before it ever started. Without the resurrection, Jesus would have just been another guy that came talking a bunch of stuff.
Oh, but listen. <laughs> you can't have a living faith with a dead Savior. That's fair. That's a fair statement. I ain't putting anybody down. I ain't being condescending to any other religious system. I'm saying, though, you can't have a living faith with a dead Savior. Bob, and ours is alive. Ours is alive. Whew. Jeff, you need to calm down a little bit because it's not even Easter. I get it. I get it, but man, I've been reading this story for the last six weeks over and over and over. Extra biblical writings over and over, and I can't wait to declare that he's alive. So I'm just going to do it right now. He's alive. The resurrection places Jesus in a class all by himself. Can I get an Amen. See, other religions, they can compete with Christianity on some things. Don't write me off as a heretic yet. Hey, there's other faith systems. Is this live streamed? Oh, it is. Cool, 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 cool. Send your emails to Pastor Ryan at thebodydayton.org. Here's the thing. There's some faith systems that do some things better than we do. You know, everybody's like, is it true though? It's 100% true. Here's a newsflash for you. We can be a little judgmental. <laughs> You're like, what's this got to do with Easter? Everything. We can be a little mean. See, there are some faith systems that... are better than us at some things. I mean, they can, we can say, our founder gave us this incredible book. They can say, our founder gave us this incredible book. So it's like, okay, okay, well, I don't know that we won that one. Our founder has a large following. Well, they can say, our founder has a large following. We're having the wrong conversations is what I'm saying to you. We're having the wrong arguments is what I'm trying to get across today. I ain't even, I'm not even fighting that battle. That's not my, I don't get into debates. I don't get into arguments. You want to have a conversation about what Jesus did for me? Let's go. We have buildings where people come to worship. Um, they can say, we have people. We have buildings where people come to worship. So, oh, our founder rose from the daggone dead. Conversation over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Well, we don't believe that. That's not my problem. That ain't my issue. That ain't even, listen, I'll pray, but I, I mean, we can talk about it, and I can go through all the verses, but if you don't believe that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can't even, I don't, I have nothing to offer, because that's all I have. 
What I have is Jesus came. He laid his life down and he rose again. And this conversation is done. So I want to look at three things very quickly. That's the longest intro in the history of all my sermons. If you need to leave, we understand. I mean, we will talk about you. But if you need to leave, we understand. I want to talk about quickly three things that deal with the uniqueness of the resurrection. Is that okay? I'll go quick, I promise. Because we're going to baptize. We're going to dunk. I remember the first time I said dunk some people. And people were like, oh. We're going to baptize some people. Um, I want us to look, first of all, number one, if you're taking notes, the incredible validity. I want to validate the resurrection. You're like, dude, we're all here today. We clearly believe in the resurrection. No, I get it. I get it. But you know the resurrection is more than just a day. The resurrection has to be the template that's laid over every aspect of our life. I'm going to go over here real quick. I'm, okay. Now, listen, some of, some of you know that I'll just prolong this until, until y'all's stomachs are growling. And <laughs> somebody said, just amen this dude. Just amen this mug. So he just moves on. So, so the resurrection, I want to talk about the, the, the incredible validity of it. It's not a fairy tale. Thank you. It's not a fairy tale. Not a fairy tale. So, so, so Luke said, the, the author of the book of Acts, his name was Luke. He, he's the same guy that wrote the book, book of Luke. He, in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, look at this verse. He said, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus raising from the dead. And he didn't do it in a corner. That's a throwback to, that's a callback to the, to the previous verses we read. No, he showed himself. It wasn't hidden. It wasn't in private. He proved he was alive. He proved it convincingly. To reject it means you've got to close your mind to the convincing proofs. Because it's an incredible validity. Listen, I'm... I'm, I very well may be one of the oldest people in the room. Top there, I mean, Tom's way older than me, but I'm, I'm in the top five, okay? I'm in the top five old people. But I've never met Abraham Lincoln. Oh, shut up. I'm, I'm taking son-in-law resumes, Corey. Um, listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I never met Abraham Lincoln. I never met George Washington, I've, I've never gotten to fight anybody that Abraham Lincoln lived. I, I, I just haven't. I mean, I might get into some discussions because I can, get, I can get on a soapbox real quick about some of the people we hold in reverence politically that I'm like, mm. but, but, but I, I'm not arguing with anyone that Washington and Lincoln lived. We have reliable written documentation of their lives. What is wrong with us? I, I, I mean, we have their words recorded in red. We have their words recorded. We've got testimonies of others who saw them, heard them. And yet we're like, I mean, I don't know. That resurrection, I mean, 
they hid his body. What? No one that I know has seen George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And there's just the two. I'm using an example. No one was here when, 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 when we did the revolution from Britain. But we accept these events as being true. Why? I got to be careful because I'm not being disrespectful. Why do we, though, have more confidence in a piece of paper that some, that some dudes wrote and put their name on instead of this amazing, incredible, glorious book called the Bible that's been preserved for eons? So what are the proofs? Well, one, well, the empty tomb. I mean, let's start there. Let's start with the fact that the tomb's empty, okay? If Jesus was still dead, his grave would be occupied. That's fair, Jeff. If, if, if Jesus, his enemies would have uh, produced the Lord's body, then Christianity would have stopped before it ever got started. If they would have been like, see, told you then that would have, it would have been done. I mean, it was in one fail swoop, whoosh, done. Oh, but that's not how it was. He didn't go into some deep unconsciousness. He didn't faint. The disciples didn't have a point to make because, honestly, they didn't understand the point to begin with. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being condescending. I'm just saying, read, read the Gospels. They're like, What? And then we have the matter of the, you know, two-ton rock that was in front of, I mean. He was dead and his enemies made sure of it. Um, when, they, when they came to finish him off, they found him dead to make sure. John tells us what they did. Let me throw some verses out very quickly. John 19, verse 33 and 34. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already, say it please, dead. Dead. So they did not have to break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. No, he was dead. Pilate heard it, so Pilate runs and checks with his centurion. We find that in Mark 15. Your Bible says Pilate marveled that he was already, say it please, dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked if he had been dead for some time. So when he found that out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. So there's the empty tomb. It validates that. But then we have to understand that there's, to me, something that's even, that even more solidifies it. And that is the disciples' transformation. Because as a student of the Bible, when I read the book of John and all the Gospels, I, 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 it's, it's weird because I'm like, how do you guys not get this? But, but we have the advantage, right? We've got the completed book. So I get it. I, I get it. I mean, uh, uh, let me throw in a quick plug. Uh, they don't pay me to do this, but you, somebody needs, you need to download the Chosen app and watch Chosen. It makes a whole lot of sense when you're watching that series, okay? Talking about Jesus and walking with the disciples because the disciples were goofs. Jeff Burke's a goof. And when you get to the end of the book of John, Jesus risen from the dead, 
sitting on the beach, on the shore, talking to his disciples. I believe, because he's making fish and bread, I believe he turned the stones to bread because that's what the devil said. And I'm like, he's like, I got, I got this. I know I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to do it right now. And they come up to him, having a little interaction, and it's so beautiful. And then his disciples walk up to him, and it's like, um, what's going to happen to him? What's, what's, how's he going to die? I'm like, what? You, the resurrected Jesus is sitting here making you lunch. And your concern is, is he going to have it worse than I have it? Is this not the church? This is not our culture. So when you turn the page, bam, and you get to the book of Acts, listen to me. Listen to me. It's a whole different group of, it's a whole different group of people. Because they are now going, I get it. So even though the empty tomb is real, and man, I could, I could literally do a series on just the empty tomb. I won't. You're welcome. <laughs> but the disciples' transformation is what moves me. Because I'm so glad that the Bible includes the failures of the disciples. One of them said, I don't even know the man. But a few weeks later, in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, oh, listen to me. Peter, the one who said, I don't even know him, and decided I'll prove it by just talking ab 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 abrasively and cursing. I don't even know this. Beeper, beeper, beeper. Man, that was me, you know, pretend cussing. Oh, but then in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, this guy. <laughs> but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words. And he begins to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 23. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands. You crucified him. You put him to death. But God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Oh, are you kidding? I don't have any other message. And Peter went from, yeah, I don't, uh, who? J, 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 what? He went from that to, listen, guys. I was wrong because of what Jesus did for me. I don't think Peter would have put himself at risk for a lie. And then there's Paul. He was present at the stoning of Stephen. Uh, maybe you know the story. It's Acts chapter 7. You can read that on your own. But he was determined to eradicate the church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then he ran into this Jesus on the road to kill some Christians. And you can read that in Acts chapter 9. But the resurrection became the cornerstone of Paul's life and his message. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 
14 says, oh my gosh, this, this is, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and our faith is empty. He was on his way to murder Christ's followers. And there's so many others, uh, at least 500 other people according to 1 Corinthians 15. But, but, but my question that I want to ask is, is, how has the resurrection transformed you? See, there's an incredible validity. Number two, there's an incredible value. What value does the resurrection bring to Jeff Burke's life? Well, I, I think first of all, it sums up this book because it verifies prophecy. Psalm 16 verse 10 says, For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow the Holy One to rot in a grave. Jesus prophesied about his resurrection in Matthew 16. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes, be killed, but raised up. And again in Matthew 20, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests, to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock him and to scourge him and to crucify him. Dot, dot. Oh, but on the third day, he's going to rise again. And I've already mentioned it, but I'll say it again, that his words were confirmed by the angel at the tomb. He is not here. He is risen. Just as we said. Why does that matter? I'll tell you why that matters. Because if Jesus was wrong about his resurrection, I can't trust him for my salvation. If he didn't raise from the dead, then he didn't go prepare a place for me, as he said in the book of John. If he didn't raise from the dead, he's not coming back for me. And I ain't going to lie. I got other things I could have done on a Sunday morning if it's not true. And so do you. But it is. And it's incredible. It doesn't just verify pro prophecy, though. It confirms my salvation. It, his resurrection confirmed that Jesus' payment for my sin took care of it all. Because he conquered death, hell, and the grave. It's like when you buy something and you get a receipt. Oh, listen. R Romans 4 said, He who has delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification oh I don't have the time today to unpack those two words oh but justification is such a beautiful word I know probably in Sunday school remember that remember the time before we sung and then before they preached they probably taught you justification meant just as if you never sinned I mean I it ain't that's not 100% wrong oh but it's more than that it's just as if you never could sin See, that's important because if you've been saved, his resurrection is the guarantee that you've been saved. 
Because listen, other than maybe you stopped doing some things and you might have started a Bible plan, what else do you have to know? No, listen, listen, I, I get it. You're, you're in your Sunday best. I get it. Outside of the, some changes you might have made to your life, what do you have to hang your hat on the fact that you know you're going to heaven? You're like, it's got a little heavier than I thought it was going to get. Maybe, but I'll ask the question again. Because you feel a way? Listen, I've been a musician since I was five years old. I can make you feel a way. So how you feel doesn't determine whether you're saved. So at some point in your walk with Jesus, you're going to have to stop and you're going to have to go, wait a second. Because I don't feel saved right now. Any, any honest people in the house today? Listen, here's the reality of it. Yeah, I'm not feeling it right now. In fact, I'm almost over it. Fair? And if that guy pulls out in front of me again on the way to work. So see, we can't hang our hat on that stuff. We have to hang our hat on the things that changed eternity forever. And I'd just be happy to talk about one of them right now. And that's the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, it brings value to your life because it validates your salvation. And if you don't have your mind and your heart, your spirit, your soul wrapped around the reality of the resurrection, you could easily be off the path by this time next week. Because there's not a whole lot that we can hang our hat on right now. Amen. And amen. You know what? I, I feel like the Lord just told me that we were done. I got another super cool point. Funny illustration. Going to make everybody laugh, and then I'm going to make you cry. But God just said we're done. So. <clears throat> the resurrection. How has it changed your life? How has it increased your faith? How has it moved you in a way that solidifies your walk with Jesus? Not just a good feeling, not just a warm fuzzy, but, but it, it solidifies your faith in Jesus Christ. Because listen, I, I'm, I'm, I promise I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a martyr. I'm, this ain't some false humility. I don't have another, I don't have another message. <laughs> I have Jesus. I have Jesus crucified and risen again. That's all I got. I don't got anything else. I just don't. I, I don't. 
Oh, I'll, you buy my lunch, I'll, I'll sit and talk about your problems if you want to. But let me just give you a little tip. I'm going to talk about Jesus crucified and risen again, Tom. That's all I got, man. And I'm just thankful that it still moves me after this many years. Pray with me. God, we thank you. We thank you. Oh, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you that the resurrection validates our faith and it brings value to our faith. Oh, but it also gives us the confidence that we can have victory over the sin in our life. Because you conquered death, hell, and the grave. <laughs> oh, and sometimes I struggle with a bad thought. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm so weak. That I don't tap into the power of the resurrection like I should. I pray for my friends, my family, my brothers and sisters in the room today. That maybe they're struggling with the same thing. We need the power of the resurrection to infuse our life. Listen, if you're here today and your relationship with this Jesus I've been harping about for the last hour, if, if your relationship with him is fractured in any way, your fault, my fault, everybody's fault, nobody's fault, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We could talk about that forever, and it just doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But if your relationship with Jesus is fractured, and you're like, today, I accept what happened on the cross and in, in that empty tomb as the payment for my sin, and I come back to Jesus right now. I hit the restart button in my walk. with. If that's you right now, I need you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. That's all. God bless you and you and you and you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's God bless you, son. I'm so proud of you. You're the reason we showed up today. You're the reason we came. You're the reason we got here early. You're the reason that Jesus died. You're the reason that God raised him from the dead. So the five of you that said yes, I just feel I want to throw the net just a little wider. Is there anyone else that would say today is the day that I got, I got to share this thing up with God right now. Right now. 12.01 April 10th I receive what he did on the cross and that he conquered the grave and I say yes to him and I give him my life and make him the Lord of my life. If that's you raise your hand. God bless you.
Father, in the name of Jesus. We accept the price paid on the cross for our sins. And although we've we've prayed this prayer before, this is different. Because we don't make this prayer just on the basis of the shadow of the cross, we base it in the reality that that tomb is empty. So we turn from our sin. We repent. We're sorry. You have forgiven us. Thank you for reconciling us to yourself, restoring us. Lord Jesus, thank you for Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, just stay in an attitude of prayer if you don't mind. I apologize for my blubbering. One day I'll grow out of that. So, we're going to move into a time of baptism. And maybe you're thinking, you didn't mention that one time in your little sermon there, Jeff. Oh, but I did. Oh, but I did. Oh, but I did. Because part of the beauty of baptism is, is you publicly declare That I died. Oh, but I've raised again in the newness of life with Jesus Christ. So I've been talking about baptism for an hour. And some of us were raised up in a church system where, you know, you're one and done. I get it. I'm not being disparaging to any of I'm thankful for my heritage too. Here's what I know about Jeff Burke is that Jeff Burke said a whole lot of things, prayed a whole lot of prayers, but didn't live for Jesus. February the 21st, 1983, I said yes to Jesus. You know, like the real Jesus. 
And after that, I knew I needed to be baptized. I need to make a public display of the inward change that happened in my life. So now you're here today and you're like, oh, okay, there's a couple of people going to be baptized. That's awesome. We're here to celebrate them. I get that. Thank you for being here, by the way. So, uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, but you might be here and you need to be baptized. And right now, God's telling you, you need to be baptized. You're like, ah, yeah, but here's the thing, man. I got my new shirt on. I get that too. Which is why we knew you'd be here. So we have t-shirts. We've got swim trunks. I promise you won't see me in swim trunks. My little stick legs. That are super white that have never seen sun. you're here and you're like Jeff my next step in my faith right now is God's telling me I need to be baptized if that's you listen I just need you to get up I need you to walk through that door there's folks waiting on you right there because we're going to dunk you if you need questions answered about baptism that can all happen before you go under but we want you to know the reason we're here is so that you become a totally committed Christ follower and the next step after a decision for Christ is being baptized we believe that here we do it, it, you don't have to be a member of this church. I know when, when I was a kid, if you wanted to be a member of the church I went to, you had to be baptized. And I'm like, well, that's just weird. It's not, it's not, this ain't about church membership. This is about your obedience to the next step with Jesus Christ. That's all it is. That's, that's, that's all it is. Here's, here's the way I look at it. And, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to oversimplify it because there's a lot of symbolism in the baptism. I get it. But if it's good enough for Jesus, good enough for Jeff. <laughs> so if you're here and you'd like to be baptized today, we've, we're prepared for you. Even though you weren't prepared for it, <laughs> we're prepared for you. I just ask you to go over here. We're going to pray. Um, and we're going to move into that next part of our worship experience. If I don't get to be in front of you again, thank you for your time, your attention. Can, can the free people in the room thank God for five people that said yes to Jesus today? Oh, that that will never, ever, 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 ever get old to me. Father, we thank you. You've done more than enough today. <laughs> You've done more than enough. We love you. As we enter into this time of baptism, Lord Jesus, we're just following your lead. That's all. That's all. We don't know what to do, so we do what you do. 
And you thought it was important enough to identify yourself with this ordinance called baptism. So we just follow your lead. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.